When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another pilot episode. That's right. We're on episode two of season zero of the Yonko Table. I'm your host, Dr. Jace Attorney, and with me is fellow Yonko Grandmaster Hoop. How have you been since our last pilot episode, Grandmaster? Ah, I've been good, Dr. Jace. I've been good. Uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. A lot. A lot has happened. But hey, Maybe we'll be able to cover a lot of that stuff in tonight's episode. I think that'll be a, a real treat for our fans, what we're going to be covering, because we're going to be getting straight into WandaVision, because that's the hit new thing going on with Disney Plus and Marvel right now that I'm super excited to talk about. I'm sure you're super excited to talk about. WandaVision. Oh, wait, that's that's the... 1960s part? 60s, no, the, that's the 60s, 60s. open. Okay, yes. that, that, yes. that was good, that was good. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be getting into WandaVision, uh, give a brief overview of what our thoughts were for episodes one through five, and then obviously the most recent episode was episode six. We're going to give you know more into the nitty gritty with episode six and our thoughts on the series moving forward. Uh, and then we got some side stories, say, for the end. Uh, some related to Marvel, some just little interesting things that we just want to talk about you know going on in the entertainment business so um yeah let's not waste any more time grandmaster i'm gonna let you open us up into wandavision give give your thoughts on uh i guess a brief overview of what we thought of or what you thought of for episodes one through five take us off sure uh well you know dr jace uh, we've been a whole year without marvel any oh, new marvel I content and we had two years worth of announcements, okay? And to kick off 2021, we have WandaVision that throws us right back in to the world of the MCU. And it is uh, a doozy per se, because this is definitely probably the most uh, out there uh, approach to any of these Marvel characters. So, you know, we're reintroduced to Wanda, AKA Scarlet Witch, and we're reintroduced to Vision, who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, last time we saw him, he got the <laughs> Mind Stone plucked from his head. So oh, yes. we're over here like, what the hell's going on? And not to mention the whole, you know, sitcom setting of the 50s and the 60s in the first two episodes. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot to digest right there. But... You know, watching the first two episodes, one, I, I'll be honest, I had to re-watch them because my first watch, I was very tired and I was falling asleep. And then I thought to myself, maybe it's because I'm not really, uh, you know, connecting with this whole I love Lucy, I dream of Jeannie thing type going <laughs> it was, on. It was, it was before our era, you know, like it's it, not, we don't have that connection with it. Correct, correct. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, um, and again, WandaVision is just this 
from these first two episodes, it's like, oh, okay. Wanda and Vision are living this happy-go-lucky life in this sitcom-esque setting. You know, no other characters, uh, no other big MCU, you know, layout going on. Mm-hmm. They're just, just living them. life. They're like, so, like, it's focusing on them. There's no big distractions like Captain America coming in or uh, uh, yeah, the Hulk no or fa- whatever. No Thanos, no nothing. So you're over here like, what is going on? So watching the first two episodes, and definitely by the end of the first episode, I'm getting Twilight Zone vibes. I got know? some of those too, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bit the, in there. There was the whole scene with Vision's boss and the wife came over. You know, she's like, stop it. Stop oh, he was God, choking. That was so unsettling. That yes. was probably one of the better moments of the episode. Like, like, I'm still going to let you finish, but like for me, the episodes weren't uh, reeling me in. The first like two to three. Um, but like little things like that, like, like what you just said, when, you know, he invited the boss over, boss starts choking on his dinner. And the wife saying, stop it, Bob, stop it, stop yeah. it. It's just, kept it's, going. It was it's creepy. It's yeah. creepy, yeah. So you're like, okay, you know, I think the purpose of those first three episodes is definitely just trying to pull a shroud over everybody's head and just kind of make them kind of guess and theorize what's going on. And they did a really good job at that because not until the end of the third episode where mm-hmm. Wanda blasts um Rasengan's uh Monica <laughs> Rambo she, yes and oh my goodness like she fucking tossed her excuse my language she, <laughs> <laughs> she yeah I honestly I thought they were like maybe uh like maybe she was disintegrating the barriers like they weren't actual walls or fences she was getting blasted through but no they were they were actual <laughs> walls and fences she blasted Monica through and, and she had to fix them right afterwards. Yes, yes. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, you know, with that scene, you're like, okay, you know, um, they lifted up the shroud just a bit because here's Wanda, you know, like full on Wanda, you know, sends this, mm-hmm. you know, measly character out through the barrier. And then, you know, she's met by the agents who, at this point, we still don't know who they were. Those agents right. running up to That was Monica. like the first time we actually saw, like, there's more. We knew from the beginning there's more going on. But that was the first time where, as you said, like, the shroud was lifted up uh, over our eyes. Like, it was, like, we could see clearly now. Like, oh, okay, yeah. there's stuff going on here. We don't know what, but it's all starting to make a little bit more sense now. Yes, and then, you know, episode four, which I know a lot of people feel is the episode that really hooks you. And I think that's because episode four four also hooks it to the greater cinematic universe, you know. Right. Um, Sword, one, they bring in Sword. Are you you familiar with Sword? I kind of a little bit. Like, I I knew there was... I mean, knowing how gimmicky uh, comic books can be, I back then when I was getting into like a, a lot of the Ultimate comics, I kind of had an idea like, oh, if there's an organization called Shield, I'd imagine uh, there's something just as cheesy <laughs> called Sword. Correct. Um, and I I think I heard of it a couple times, but you you obviously probably know more about it than I do. But um, yeah, I, I've heard of it, just not really too familiar with uh, what exactly their expertise and if they're the same as Shield. Or they kind of specialize in a different field. Well, you know, just think about it as what they are. A shield is for defense. A sword is for offense. So oh, okay. if, if shield does the whole secret agency cover up, 
you know, spy, espionage type stuff. Sword is at the forefront, fighting, you know, like out mm, there. Okay, okay. You know, right. sentient weapon observation, uh, response right. division. They out, they out there going to these zones and getting in there. Right. Um, they're not responsive. They're they're proactive. They're proactive. That's a good. Okay. That's a good way to put. It. And then. Uh, so yeah, that was a big deal bringing Sword in, which everybody knew Sword was coming. Uh, with especially with Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is tied to Sword. So when that okay. movie came out, everyone had an idea that eventually Sword would be a thing. Especially too with the end of uh, Far From Home with uh, Nick Fury up in space, they're like, okay, this got to be Sword. But <laughs> I, I digress a little. I digress. Episode four, you are reintroduced to Jimmy Woo from Jimmy uh, Woo, who I think is becoming a fan favorite for sure. He is. Uh, he, he was from Ant Man, right? He, he was, was from Ant Man. Yes, right. he was from Ant Man and right. the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, and he's just a that's a he's a stand up guy. I like him a lot. I I, I like him too. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know, mixing him in with Monica, and then also bringing back Darcy from the thor film i swear i when when she when she came back in again i was like she's from one of the marvel movies but i i remember not liking which one it was and and i was trying to think like which one movie did i not like and the more i thought about it i started thinking oh it it must have been the ones i've only seen once and uh thor and or thor dark world and then i was like oh that's where she's from, unfortunately. But hey, but, but, but that's cool that they're going that far back into the Marvel catalog and they're bringing characters that played very minor roles in those movies and they're bringing them back in and they're yes. utilizing them. Yes, I, I think that's interesting. I, well, one, I think it's just great as far as like overall connectivity, but it's also yes. good because, like you said, you didn't necessarily like the Thor films. Well, mm-hmm. they're giving these characters a new light, a new field to you know try to hey let's let's try again with these characters i think there was some good stuff with them and let's mm-hmm. see how they do here and i think this little trio of monica jimmy and darcy is working really well but again here in episode four we are given more of a lift uh you know we see monica she is blipped back from you know the great blip or yes. the blip yes uh, she's she's blipped back uh her mother, Maria's dead. Um, and then, you know, she walked into the barrier and went undercover in Wanda's reality, you know? Which, which let me let me say at that point, that was one of the dumbest things I could see any special ops agent like doing. Like, y- you don't know what that is. You don't know what it's gonna do to you, but you're walking up to it and your first instinct is, let me touch it. Let me touch it with my hands. And she, she, she just goes straight in and then she just gets sucked in. I'm like, all right. I mean, it's I kind of have to suspend my disbelief uh, with, with Marvel <laughs> sometimes. But I'm like, come on. This is this is a uh, I mean, she has so many years under her belt. Like she she, she was a director of, of S.W.O.R.D. previously, wasn't she? Uh, either director or or uh, high up. Very, very high, up, high up, given yeah. that her mother was, you know. Uh, right. the director or founder um, right she was the founder mm-hmm. see and maybe maybe that's uh, the reason why she thought she could walk up to this barrier of unknown entity and just walk through because um, you know she's close with Captain Marvel 
we're not really sure the well actually i guess captain marvel hasn't been here either way maybe that just gives her some kind of uh, uh privilege she's like oh you know right. I, I, I know should. what i'm doing let yeah. me let me just touch it i know what exactly exactly but um you know yeah episode four everybody's watching wandavision with us easily you know and easily. i think that's actually a really cool concept the fact that it's broadcasting to them just as it's broadcasting us they're trying to figure out what's going on we're trying to figure out what's going on i, I think i think that's good that they did it like that because it kind of just shows like there's a connect between the i guess the real world which is like you know uh, rambo jimmy woo all those characters and the audience like us trying to you know like you said we're trying to figure out just as much as they are what mm-hmm. what's going on why why is she going through different eras of sitcom stuff like that yes and oh my goodness i think it, it's playing it's playing out it's on there oh goodness they're holding a lot of cards you don't know how many cards they have in their hand but they keep playing cards here and there and you're like okay this is getting really good all right and then you know at the end of that episode, it's like, it's Monica. I mean, it's Wanda. It's Wanda. Wanda's doing all this, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't believe Wanda's doing all this alone. Same. Yes. I, I, think, don't, I don't believe it either. I mean, I think she's the, you know, uh, instigator of it all. But I think someone is now pushing her envelope and pushing her right. further to... Because, like, I, I I don't, like, again, she's she's an Avenger, right? Or, or she's on the side of the Avengers. Um, but... I, I know she's a good person from what I remember her from the, the brief times that she's appeared in the in the previous films. Um, so when like w- when there are scenes like with Vision telling her like Wanda you're you're hurting these people so some of these like uh, his coworker the the um, I forgot his name the guy that works next to him oh, uh, uh, in, in Norm? his office Norm, Norm. yes oh, Norm yeah. uh, he's saying. Uh, norm hasn't been able to call his sister and uh i think norm was like taking care of her or something or there was something close with his sister that he had yes Mm -hmm. uh but yeah like stuff like that like he's telling her like wanda like some of these people that's just one example you have a whole town of people like this and I, i feel like wanda as a person outside of like you know this town i felt like wanda would have realized that and say oh my god i'm hurting these people i need to stop but what but there has to be something else going on here that's kind of like instigating Wanda to keep this charade going because yeah, yeah easily easily for sure and you can I mean at the heart of it all Wanda is grieving which at the end of episode four when you see that dead vision body looking back oh, at Wanda God. oh my goodness that was scary for me that was scary uh, I, I, that caught me off guard that definitely did and but, and i mean we kind of saw well actually no that's in that's in episode six go on <laughs> you know it puts it, it puts it in perspective so vision is definitely still dead you know right. and wanda just can't let go you right. know so at the core of her character she is grieving and maybe her powers are just manifesting this grief and maybe she's unaware but that i'm glad you point out that norm scene and i saw a, a TikTok. They pointed out that scene, too, and said, all Norm said was that she's in my head, all right? Right. They didn't tell you it was Wanda. They said, she's in my head. Oh. So. That's right. I mean, at the same time, they wouldn't know if it is Well, they know Wanda. Well, they 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 know who Wanda Wanda is, given that she's the, you know, the Avenger, you know? Right. 
I, I think, based on what uh, the sword agents were saying, I think Wanda is a public figure in the eyes of the right. people. And the so- Sokovia Accords, too. Um, so I right. imagine people know who Wanda is unless they live under a rock in this right. universe. Um, but, you know, we could talk, you know, uh, predictions after we, you know, get to episode six because, you know, mm-hmm. episode five, I think it was the doozy as far as overall oh. implications. Yeah, for me, the, the selling point for episode five was the ending. Of course. Um, of course. And, and uh, I mean, with with that ending, it's it's kind of funny how it happened because that's where tensions really started to escalate because that's where Vision, he started ah. piecing things together. He started yes. realizing this is not how things are supposed to go. You know, Wanda's not hiding her powers. Agnes is appearing at way like at way too convenient times mm-hmm. <laughs> for it to solve an issue. Um, so, so Vision, he's he's aware. He's not oblivious to what's going on. And then at the end of the episode, like tension is running high between them. I, I really love the acting from Vision. Uh, I can't remember the the actor's name. Oh, Paul Bettany. Um, yes. Paul. Paul who? Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. I felt his anger. Like he was angry. He was pissed. At he was. I mean, he started flying at her. You know, yeah, he started he, levitating. Yeah, he was. He had it. And um. Literally at the end of the episode, when I heard the doorbell ring, because I knew it was the end of the episode, the first thing that came to mind was, okay, the episode the episode is about to end. There has to be something shock-inducing at that front door to like leave off as a cliffhanger for the episode. And the first thing that came to mind was Quicksilver. I'm like, dude, yeah, it's 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 gotta be Quicksilver before she opens the door. I know it's gonna be Quicksilver because we're at the end of the episode. These episodes love leaving off on cliffhangers. The only thing that could shock Wanda at this point is to open that door and see her brother. Mm-hmm. And naturally, you saw the back of his head here, and I'm like, ah, yeah, it is Quicksilver. I knew it. But then he turns around, and they're like, no, he, she recasted Quicksilver. I lost, my, I lost my shit. She, I'm like, no way. But she, that's crazy. She didn't just recast him. It's Evan Peters. Evan Peters. It's Evan freaking Peters. I lost it. I love, I love, I, it, it feels so bad to say like, I'm glad of the recasting because oh, I feel bad God. for that actor. Okay. <laughs> the actor that played him in Age of Ultron. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Oh gosh, don't do that. Listen, it's not. Okay, she, uh, oh my gosh, okay, because again, this whole Wanda's power is going off the rail. She's not in control of what's going on, clearly, okay. Um, you know, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the actor who played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, okay. uh, he is still, you know, the fact that they called it a recast. They recognize they are, it in-universe. Yes, they are okay. aware that is not... The same. It's not like over. Disney just threw in there, like, oh, here's here's something for the fans since we own Fox now. Correct, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, is this a sign of the multiverse, or is this just you know a recast in their world? And you know, he's just a maybe a body Wanda plucked out of Westview, New Jersey, to play her brother. You know, or is this right. actually multiverse? And there's why. there's a lot of stuff building up in multiverse. I mean, that's something we could, you know, we'll get into later in some of the side stories. But it seems Marvel's really going in that multiverse direction, especially with like the whole thing with Doctor Strange and 
potential yes. things in Spider-Man Three, but we'll 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 save that for later. But yeah, I definitely see a multiverse direction that they might be going in, and Quicksilver might be an example of that. For all we know, he might not be, but it, it's still there. It's still up in the air for that. It is, and I think Episode Six, honestly, kind of again, they are they are really good at teasing you and making you question whether or not this is a tease or is this multiverse. Because Episode Six. Uh, I, can we start talking about episode six? Let's we, let's get straight to episode six. This, this right. is the episode that debuted. Well, what is it? Uh, yeah, it would be like what twelve hours ago <laughs> on yes. on Disney Plus. So yes, episode six. Let's let's get into it. We we're, right. we're jumping into the late nineties, early two thousands with this one. Yes, and I think I I got nothing but Malcolm in the Middle vibe. Absolutely, that, that was one hundred percent Malcolm in the Middle. hundred percent right. Malcolm. Cool. In the middle. I'm glad I'm not crazy because that's literally where my mind went to. I was like, "Where's Brian Cranston? Where's uh, Frankie Muniz? I'm ready." That would have uh, been hilarious if they made a cameo. That would that would have been, been funny. That would have been funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, episode six, man. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. One, they're giving. Uh, characters to Tommy and Billy, which I like, because at first I thought right. you know, Tommy and Billy are just gonna keep aging and they're just kind of there. But now yeah, the actors you know, are gonna keep changing. Uh, yeah, like, we're not gonna get attached to them. The, yeah, the, those were the vibes that I kind of got in episode five. With uh, like every time something happened, Wanda would turn around and they would age up like well, five years or so. Yes. And I was like, oh, uh, I mean, that's uh, okay, whatever. But now it seems like they're they're staying at this age, like seemingly so far. Yeah, and this episode definitely played from their perspective, them talking to the camera, like these fourth wall breaks, you know, talking about, you know, right. oh, this is how mom acts. Mom's not acting like herself, you know. Right. Oh, dad's got to go do this, and we understand. And Uncle Pietro, Uncle P. Is Uncle here. Pietro. <laughs> so, oh man, I, I think, love I Evan think that was Peters, a cool man. Thing. I have a soft spot for Evan Peters. I, oh, Evan Peters I love great. him. I love him in American Horror Story. I obviously love them uh, as Quicksilver and in, in, uh, in Fox's X Men movies, and he, he he's just great. I love he's, the guy. He's doing a great job here, and I think again, you know, where Episode Five left you, you're just ready for him to kind of answer some questions and steal the show which i think he did he really did you know i feel he like he that... even stole at the end of the episode episode five where it's it's like that big wow moment like oh my god it's it's evan peters as, as quicksilver what's going on and then like he kind of breaks the tone and looks at vision he's like who's the popsicle who's the popsicle <laughs> oh my gosh yes oh like yo that's, that's hilarious and so you know episode six and he okay the way he's playing pietro you know uh, recast He's acting like the Pietro from the X-Men films. You know? Right. I got that vibe. Because that wasn't Pietro from the, how, he, how he was introduced in Age of Ultron. No, exactly. And even Wanda points out, she's like, where's your accent? You know? And right. I mean, he retorts back, where's your accent? You know? <laughs> uh, which is actually funny because a lot of people pointed out how Elizabeth Olsen started like letting go of Wanda's thick Sokovian accent. Um, yeah, I, she kind of had that, right? She had that in Age of Ultron. It was something there. She did. She really did. And slowly but surely, it kind of just faded into just this, this, this subtle accent. Uh, but, um, right. you know, it's it's fun to see them interact because, again, it's a clear sign Wanda does not know what's going on. You know, she's asking about their past and he's giving good answers and whatnot. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. for all we know, those answers are accurate um right but you know he's over here 
you know, dropping a lot of, you know, things, I guess, that a dead Pietro would have known. She's like, he's like, you can't kill your dead husband twice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, man, I, I expected her to react the way that she did. But that caught me off guard, too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not that's not the old Pietro for sure. Definitely. I mean, no, he's not. I, I, he's not a dick. I don't think. Yeah. Not like not like to that degree. Um, right. But you know he's here, and he's hanging out with the kids and uh, Loki. I think his presence has allowed them to develop their powers based on their comic book counter uh, counterparts, Speed and Wiccan. Because now you know uh, one of them's running around super fast. The other one's got like powers like Wanda. So, right. Right. You know. And, and that's another thing with the kids, like, are they real? Like, Ooh. what happens when this this whole charade, you know, because let's face it, it's a charade, whether or not it's by Wanda entirely or some other force behind her, once it's gone, are the kids still going to be there? And What's going to happen to them? Well, that is like, um, goodness, I wish I was more knowledgeable on like Scarlet Witch comics and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the House of M. Oh man, I hope I hope I'm not messing Ooh. this up. But there Ooh. there there is a story here. Let me not put a name to it. But there is a story where you know Wanda has a mental breakdown because uh, she loses her children with Vision in the, because, in the comics. Yeah, in the comics, okay. and they you know because they weren't real, you know, to begin with. So then she just starts changing all of reality, and everybody's Ooh. got to adjust to this new reality that. Wanda has made because that's the okay. point of where her powers are at and clearly right. with Vision at the end of episode 6 trying to break free after his investigation of further into the town and what's going on mm -hmm. she makes that bubble bigger she makes it huge she does that I mean it makes sense because as I mean as we pointed out earlier Vision is just starting to piece things together uh, he, uh, he he gets to the edge of town and he realizes this is where this this bubble is supposedly uh, the the reach ends. So yes. he starts going beyond that barrier. And you see, I mean, again, another unsettling scene. You see him coming out of the barrier and it's just eating away at him. At first, I thought maybe it was just the barrier trying to suck him back in because like Wanda's relying on vision to be like her, her rock. In that yeah, her anchor. That, yeah, her, her anchor. Right. Like that's that's her. So I thought the barrier was sucking it was gonna suck him back in, but no, it was it was eating away at him because in reality, outside of that barrier, he is dead. <laughs> like I, I think it was like two realities conflicting with each other. Vision's dead outside of Wanda's vision. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, He's dead. Good. You see? I, I like what I did there. Yes, very so, good, very clever. He's he's dead outside of you know her vision and but then inside of it he's alive well happy go lucky uh, dad and all that so I I really like that that you know now as you said at the end of the episode she extends the barrier so now vision is back inside the bubble uh, in what state we have no idea because that that the time he spent outside of that barrier messed him up a little bit but he he seems fine. When the barrier overtakes him, because now he has all his pieces back on him, the pieces that like broke off and everything, so he should be fine. But I'm sure he has some stern questions <laughs> for one. Oh, for sure. I mean, he found that part of the town, which I I guess it looked as if they were waiting for them to 
start the scene for someone to say action you know right uh, like a sitcom because like that that's not where the sitcom is right now with wanda if she exactly. maybe goes to that area that's when they'll start doing their part They're like that that lady trying to hang up her uh dry cleaning or no not our dry cleaning her halloween decorations and she has that tear coming mm-hmm. down her face <laughs> like, yep. oh, oh man the pain exactly so and again you know you want to feel bad for wanda because you know she's grieving but grief goodness the methods do not uh the uh, what is the saying uh the means the means yeah the methods the, the don't, justify don't justify the means. the means yeah and then you are you feel terrible for vision he's he's not trying to escape the reality he's over here shouting to the sword agents hey come help these people you know please <laughs> help them he, he doesn't even care about his well-being oh my god i i God, which is great for his character too, because one, he doesn't even remember he's an Avenger, which is crazy. He doesn't. That he, he does not. He's, he's like, what's an Avenger? You know? <laughs> when Agnes is breaking off the fourth walls with him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. And so, oh, you, I feel the show does a really good job at making you be conflicted on really who you're rooting for and what do you want to happen, but uh. At, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, at this point, again, it looks as if, again, Wanda, Wanda, okay, uh, the barrier extends, all the sword agents turn to clowns, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, <laughs> right. How far does her reach, how far can her reach go? Like, right. could it, could this span like an entire country? Could this span like the whole, I don't know, universe at this point? I mean, you remember, her, her powers what? stem from the Mind Stone. Right. You know? That's true. That's true. I, and I, I imagine it makes her ultra powerful. Definitely. And 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 that's another thing that now that you brought it up, um, they, they they mentioned it in the I think it was this episode or the previous episode. Um, I, I forgot the the character's name, the one from Thor. <laughs> oh, Darcy. Oh, Darcy. Darcy is telling uh, Rambo. She's she's telling her, hey, uh, if you're if you plan on going back into that thing, I, I just want to let you know this thing. You went in once and you came out once. Both times, it changed you on a molecular level. To Ooh. what extent, we don't know. She just threw that line in there, and I feel like that that wasn't a throwaway line. And no, there was, it was a, not. it was not. I I, I think uh, th- there's a very popular theory coming uh, going around that because that line was thrown in there, some people are saying that this might be one of the ways, not not the main way, but it might be one of the ways why or how they try to introduce uh, uh, mutants into in, into the Marvel Universe, right? Now, obviously, yes. we have the, the multiverse stuff and maybe that might play a role uh, in, in doing this, but this is just one of the theories that's out there, you know, because mutants are basically people like you and I, but they're, they're just different on the inside. Like their molecules and stuff are different, their genes are different, and that's what leads to them having powers. And as we see, Wanda's uh, barrier has extended. To what extent, we don't know. Originally, it was a little town, but now it might be, uh, what, like maybe half of a, a country, maybe? Well, they're in New Jersey, so... They're in New Jersey, right. Uh, I imagine New Jersey will be hit first. Right, uh, so maybe as big as a state, this or half a state. Yeah, yeah, no more, no bigger than, yeah, probably the state. 
um, mm-hmm. which is you know still pretty crazy for you step in the state line you walk into a bended reality you know? right but uh your mutant theory is really good um because like I, I i had a conversation with a friend um again the mutants i don't think it would be too hard to introduce it's a gene in their dna and right. most, most mutants and you know it doesn't activate until like puberty you know if wanda's mm-hmm. bended reality you know is touching people on a molecular level maybe it activates that gene quicker you know right i mean it's it's a possibility and the scale the scale of her you know of the reality then she keeps moving the barrier she can reach more people you know Mm -hmm. and and the thing is we don't know what happens when the, the the barrier is over like we don't know if to end the barrier wanda has to release like a pulse or something and like you know when the barrier dissipates it just pulses outward and we don't know what the spread might be maybe that's how they introduce more of the mutants like when the bear like the barrier extends to a certain degree like let's say half of new jersey just assuming it even gets that far it, it extends to half of new jersey but then when Wanda just like you know at, at the end of what episode nine I think they said is like the final episode yeah nine episodes uh-huh. nine episodes at the end of episode nine or maybe if they pull a fast one on us episode eight and then something else happens in episode nine and in one of those episodes when she ends the barrier or something causes the barrier to you know uh disintegrate it releases a pulse a larger pulse beyond what the reach of the barrier could have been and that's what causes some of the gene changes in some people because now it's a pulse. It's no longer like a barrier of everyone inside of it. Now it's like, okay, some people that got hit by the pulse, they are now uh, mutant, but some people are not. And then you still have that mix and balance between like how the uh, how the, the mutants are introduced in the comics. There's, there's a portion of the population that are just normal and then the other portion are mutants. So there's a possibility they might go in that direction. I, I feel like they threw in that molecular line for something big. And I'm 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 one I'm hoping that it might be something cool like that, but it might not be. Who knows? Well, I, uh, let me touch on this too with that molecular line. So Monica, I don't know if you know her comic origins. Uh Monica do does become a superhero. Uh, oh, okay. She becomes the hero Photon. And I'm not okay. I'm not uh sure of her origins as far as how she gets her powers. But I know she's a hero with powers, and if she's being manipulated on a molecular level, this is probably leading to her getting these powers. Uh, as far as okay. I definitely see that coming, like they definitely want to use Monica Rambeau, uh, and use the alias Photon because she will appear in Captain Marvel 2. And right. I imagine right. maybe it'll be just like a women power movie with uh, because uh. <laughs> You see, now we're starting to get into the bigger MCU, but uh, but see, that's, uh, what's that's her name? the Miss Marvel of this, of this series. Like, it's it's making you think of that. Well, okay, like, that's a great point. Yeah, it has many avenues it can affect the overall universe. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, you're right. You're right. And, I, I think like this is more of like a side thing, but I think that was my biggest. Uh, it was more of a subjective thing, but it was one of my biggest pet peeves with the the Netflix Marvel shows or the Marvel series that they had on there, like, you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I enjoyed each of those to an extent and some more than others. But uh, 
like that was my biggest thing like you would hear like little lines in there like oh they would mention the attack on new york from avengers one and we're already like in 2018 2017 and avengers one came out like in 2012 so much other stuff has happened since then. so much has happened since then and they're just throwing in like oh yeah the big green guy okay i get it you guys know who the hulk is what else there are other things that happen in this universe so i like I, I like what Disney is doing with the Marvel series that they have under their belt. They're making this tie-in in a more obvious way to the um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now it makes us start predicting or trying to guess what's going to happen in the movies. What's going to happen with these characters and in, in, in future installments? Will they get like season two? Will WandaVision have a season two? I, I don't think it would. That wouldn't make I, sense. I don't think it will either. I think it's just a uh, miniseries. But you know... Yeah. WandaVision is going to lead straight into Doctor Strange. 100%. The next Doctor Strange film. Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch has uh, uh, been announced to be in that film. Right. So by the end of this series, we're going to, you know, it's going to dip right into that film. Whether it be Strange and Wanda teaming up, or maybe it's Strange having to stop Wanda, you know. If Wanda becomes the main villain? It very much could be. Very much could be. Could be. And that's why, yeah, that this show is doing a very good job at, yeah, giving you predictions for so much other things going on in this universe. So, you know, as far as next week's episode, honestly, I have no idea where they're going to go with this. Uh, I know Monica keeps mentioning that friend, the scientist. She's right. She has mentioned him uh, or like wait, three did, times did, now. Did, did she confirm the gender of the... Uh, I, I like, want to say they said he. I, I he. do. So a okay. lot of people... Do you know who a lot of people are thinking? I I heard Reed Richards. They're all leaning towards bit. Reed Richards. They're, le- they're leaning like, towards Reed. Is this how you want to introduce Mr. Fantastic? Uh, like, I'm I mean... Kind of- like I don't like I mean it would be cool it would be cool like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away but is this how you want to introduce a member of the Fantastic Four for the first time? I mean you could I, I you know. could you you really could and uh, Elizabeth Olsen announced that they're going to have an epic sized cameo like oh. Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian. Oh, that's what she quoted. She said it's going to be a cameo to that caliber in one of the later episodes. And she said it wasn't Evan Peters. Evan Peters was already the episode five had already happened. So she was, was oh, going to be okay. a bigger. So this was recent. This was recent. This like was after recent. episode five. This was recent after episode five. Okay. That that leaves many doors. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, oh, all wow. I can say is I'm definitely excited for whatever else this show has coming at us. That yeah, I'm I'm even more excited now. I want to know who that character is because they. They mentioned him in episode, I think, five for the first time. And then episode six, this week's episode, they mentioned him again. Uh, so I'd imagine, hopefully, he makes his appearance in the in, in next week's episode, episode seven. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would say the episode was really good. Again, uh, the first three episodes of WandaVision, uh, it was hard for me to really get into it. I... And, and I, I feel like that's the biggest issue with the series having been weekly. If you were watching the show weekly, it was probably a little bit harder, in my opinion, to enjoy each and every episode outside of the, you know, the, the, the little twilight moments that we would get here and there. 
That's very um, fair. That's a fair statement. Yeah, but then, as you said, episode four, that's where that's where people woke up and they're like, okay, we're we're in this. I'm excited. I'm, uh, I I want to see what happens next in WandaVision. Episode you five. Tuning you tuning mm-hmm. in at 3 a.m. Tuning in at 3 a.m. Episode five, great. Loved it. Episode six, likewise. Uh, I think, I, I could have sworn I saw a trailer. Because, like, I... For WandaVision, I didn't watch too many of the the advertisements for it before it came out because I just kind of wanted to go in blind. And plus, the sitcom bits weren't selling me. So I was like, eh, you know, when it comes out, it'll come out and I'll watch it then. Um, but there were some little segments in the trailers that I, I caught wind of. And then now that I'm seeing the order that they're going in with uh, the eras of sitcom, because they did uh, the I Love Lucy era, then they did uh, um, the 70s era, then like Full House 80s, and Malcolm in the Middle 90s, early 2000s. I think the next era they're gonna get into is the uh, the that dry humor era, like the um, office, the found footage. I've heard, yeah, yeah like uh, Modern Family too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, that, I'm pretty that sure they're like gonna go in that direction. That's not, that, that'll be true, that'll be funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then who knows what episode eight will bring. Um, who knows, man, but I'll, I'll be tuning in. Uh, likewise, yeah, I will be tuning in for that one. And uh, WandaVision so far is so good. Loving it. Loving um, it. So I guess that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on WandaVision as a whole up until episode six. Uh, now we can kind of transition into the side stories that we have in store. Now, these aren't going to be as a big in-depth, you know, analysis like we had for WandaVision. Uh, But these are little snippets that happened during the week or the past week or so. And uh, I think they're worth discussing. I mean, one of them is a pretty big deal, in my opinion, especially with the success of one of its movies. But uh, yeah, you want to you want to introduce us into this segue, uh, Grandmaster? Yes, sure thing, Dr. Jace. Uh, so just recently, uh, Disney Plus has announced they're teaming with Ryan Coogler to bring a Wakanda TV series to Disney Ooh. Plus. And again, oh, it's, it's been, it's Wakanda, they said. Wakanda. So not, not Black Panther, you know, not right. Shuri, Wakanda. And I right. think, honestly, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get Wakanda on the small screen for these people. Let's get into the stories of, you know, just the regular everyday life of people in Wakanda. Um, right. I'm, Maybe I'm, it's I'm, not the shining beacon as like, you know, like, you know, from the people from the top see it as like, yeah, you see this advanced civilization. But maybe there's a little bit more going on on, on the street level, the ground level of the city. No, that's that's exactly my thoughts. Like we've seen the royalty side. Of right. Of course, they, they have it best. They, they have they have everything. <laughs> exactly. So the, I feel the movies, you know, that, that wasn't the story to be told. But when they were walking through the streets of Wakanda, we didn't really get to see much of right. you know how everyday life looks, how, you know, the school system works, how, you know, the the shops work, how these different tribes interact with each other. I mean, they were all mm-hmm. different tribes at one point until being right. brought under the Panther flag. So there's a lot of avenues you can go with this. I mean, you can even throw in the popular Black Panther characters in there, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, how cool would it be to see maybe a little girl 
uh, aspiring to be a Dora Milaje, uh, the King's Guard. You know, that could be an easy story to tell. So, I guess I guess that's another thing, like uh, another interesting thing, because we don't have too many details on the show. Um, do we think it's going to be uh, like a before Black Panther type of like era? Like, is this before the Black Panther movie? Is this ooh. after the movie? After the blip? What ooh. what time period are we going to be in? You know, because well, Marvel they they've shown that they're willing to jump timelines. I mean, just as an example, Black Widow. Everyone knows Black Widow is dead, but uh, they are telling a bit of an origin story somewhat with the Black Widow movie that mm -hmm. still hasn't come out yet, but it's supposedly coming out really soon. Um, yes. Oh my yeah, gosh, so, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, I mean, they could go in any direction with what time period they want to take with Wakanda. They really could. And you honestly, you can watch a family as they go through these time periods. Let's see Wakanda before Ting King T'Chaka dies. Let's see Wakanda mm -hmm. under, you know, the rule of T'Challa. Let's see Wakanda post uh, Infinity War battle. Oh, when you they know? open up. Yeah. When they open up. Ooh, that yeah. would be great. I guarantee you they they wanted they wanted to make it look like a happy ending with um T'Challa saying, I, I I opened up Wakanda to everyone. <laughs> that wasn't oh, even <laughs> great, great accent. Great, great accent. Oh god. <laughs> That was terrible. I'm not even gonna accept that again. It's okay. You're fine. Um, you're, you're but fine. um, but yeah, like they made it seem like a happy ending, like opening up Wakanda, and this is the way things should be. I guarantee you, there was at least half of the population in Wakanda that did not agree with what T'Challa did. Ah, uh, yes. You what will... is the civil unrest in 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 Wakanda? What is the civil? Because I know there has to be civil unrest. There was there was a faction that had to have agreed with what yes. T'Challa did, and then another one that said, no way, we are not opening up our borders. Do you see what's going on outside? You <laughs> are- those doors closed. You are absolutely right about that. Uh, and again, they got a lot of stories you could potentially tell here, because there's just so much untapped ground. So I'm telling you mm -hmm. right now, black people are ready to be sitting at their front of their TVs with dashikis on like they showed up for the thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, they are ready. They are myself ready. included. Kid you not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm looking forward to it. But um, so uh, transitioning to our next story, we got a little bit of information with Spider-Man 3 uh, starring Tom Holland, everyone's boy, favorite oh Peter Parker. Everyone's and, favorite spoiler. Uh, everyone's favorite spoiler. You see, that's that's one of the things where you can't really trust what the man says at this point because basically our, our story is is that uh, Tom Holland basically confirmed uh, that Andrew Garfield from uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy um, will not be in Spider-Man 3. Now, if this was any other person saying this, you would probably give more credit to them saying that, like, oh, okay, this actor or director or producer, whoever, they came out and they said, no, that person's not in the movie, uh, get over it, like, they're not. And, and, and you would most likely believe them, because you're like, oh, okay, they confirmed it. But Tom Holland, as you, as you mentioned, he is notorious for spoiling <laughs> uh, just 
I think, well, my experience with him has been mostly Spider-Man. I don't think he's spoiled other scripts or... He hasn't. Yeah, it's he, been yeah. mostly Spider-Man yeah. and Avengers related. Him and Mark right. Ruffalo are terrible, yes. Right. And, like, you know, it's unknown if it's by accident, if he's, like, genuine about, it, like, oh, sorry, dude, like, I, I really didn't know that this was a secret or, oh, oops, I, I leaked the the script or the logo or the title card for the next Spider-Man movie. Um, but uh, the fact that uh, Tom Holland says that they will not be in Spider-Man 3, I feel like the higher-ups in Marvel, they are purposely hiding stuff <laughs> from oh. Tom Holland. Oh. So, so he doesn't spoil it. He's like, dude, look, look what this guy has done in the last two movies that we've done. We are not <laughs> gonna let him know that two of the biggest cameos that would make everyone lose their minds in this movie, we're not gonna let him know that these characters are in the movie. Absolutely not. That has to be a surprise. If it even exists, that has to be a surprise for people that go to theaters or watch it on Disney+, Plus, however, however they decide to do it. That will be a surprise for them. No Tom Holland spoilers for this one. Listen, show me the interview and let me look at his face. I'm sure this man has a terrible poker face, but I don't believe a word that he says. Absolutely um, not. I will say there were this. rumors. There were there, rumors. There, there, there like, have been plenty of rumors, yes. Uh, oh, I'm setting my bar really low so I could potentially be blown out the water. Right. I'm, not, theater I'm not going in expecting them to be there, but like you said, low expectation. It'll be a nice surprise. I yes. will lose it. Uh, I mean, you you and I grew up with Sam Raimi's trilogy. Yes, um, amazing, Toby. amazing uh, trilogy of movies. Some better than others, but uh, <laughs> we don't talk but, about it. We won't talk about it. maybe maybe uh, maybe in a future episode we actually sure. will focus on the Sam Raimi uh, trilogy. And then there was the the less popular one of uh, Andrew Garfield uh, mm. uh, double 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 a uh, duo uh, wait. duo du yeah duo. sure duo of movies just two uh, movies and, lackluster right <laughs> and, uh, I mean. He was not bad, like completely bad, but you know, th th there were some segments that I really liked Andrew Garfield, uh, I guess Spider-Man specifically. So just Marvel acknowledging that they're, again, if, if they do appear, the fact that they're, the, the fact that they would acknowledge that these two characters exist in different universes, I think that would be nice, you know, just have them swoop in and I don't know, uh, <laughs> uh, triple team, whoever the main villain is. I don't know if we have like a main villain yet for Spider-Man 3 yet or there's, not. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts. I think we got to dedicate a whole episode right. to right, right. potentially being the greatest Spider-Man live action movie we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm super excited. Uh, like, fingers about... crossed. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We will uh, see. We will don't see. Trust, don't trust the Holland. Don't, don't trust, trust Tom Holland. Whatever he says, think the opposite. Just think, okay, he said they're not going to be in it, so they're probably they're probably in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, segueing, next story we got, uh, this is more of like a personal favorite. I'm, I'm excited about this. I don't know if Grandmaster Hoop over here is excited about it, but uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Listen, I, I enjoyed <laughs> the first one. I did. You enjoyed it? I did. I thought it was a very good right. film, and I right. geeked. I geeked out at the post-credit scene. I did. Oh, okay. so much. 
so much. Your boy Tails is here. Miles Tails Prower. Come on. He man. is here. I and I mean the fact that the first movie was so successful and we already got a green light for, you know, n- not even a green light. We have a trailer for uh, the, 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 the we, got a, we have a logo card, and I and Jim Carrey doesn't often do sequels, yet he's coming back to do Robotnik again. Nice, nice. That I mean, Jim Carrey carried that movie on his he, shoulders. As far as like, the human side of it all, I agree. I agree. Right, right. Sonic was good. I, I like I like Sonic a lot. I mean, you have to. He's the title character. He better be. I mean, you good. better. Yes, correct. Right. Yeah. Are you gonna uh, leave and not like Sonic? Yeah, but I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Jim Carrey portraying the human side uh, as Robotnik, that was definitely the best part of the movie. Just, it, you know what? I feel like they didn't, in the script, they didn't even give him, uh, you know, the script for Dr. Robotnik. They just said, be yourself. <laughs> and that's what he did. I think he said, so. just be I, yourself, man. That's all you have to definitely, do. He definitely added a lot of his own charisma to that role. Because, you know, mm-hmm. as far as Robotnik, all we got is like, you know, the Sonic Adventure uh, cartoon to go play off of to really, you know, characterize right. him. So, yeah, Jim Carrey brought a lot to the role. But, um, you know, yeah, I I'm agree. excited for the second one. I think the first one did a really good job at, at establishing Sonic and Robotnik. Uh, but, you know, it was heavily featured in our world. I'm ready for Sonic mm-hmm. to go back. The Green Hill Zone. Green Hill know. Zone. They uh, showed the Mushroom World, but it seemed more of like a, a straight up mushroom. The, the, the place that Dr. Robotnik uh, got yes. trapped in. I want to see Sonic run around with tails. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly I feel and, most and, of the movie is still going right. to be in our world, but like. Right. Give but us still that. introduce some of those other worlds. Like, you know, like you said, Green Hill Zone, uh, Marine Zone. Uh, yes. Uh, space is it Death Egg? I think Death Egg, the space station. <laughs> you know, you, you you know more than me. You know more than oh me. Oh my God, they they have some casino. Uh, I think it's Casino Royale Zone okay, or something. Okay, I, I I remember that one. I do. Yeah, um, there's there's so many. There's so many different worlds that they can use, and, and they showed some of them in in the first movie. Uh, like like I was saying earlier, they showed the Mushroom World that Robotnik got trapped in. That seemed more like a a straight up like death zone to not be to not being uh like w- wanting to be a part of but maybe uh robotnik as he's trapped there he's a genius maybe he builds like a fortress in that area so now there's better traversal methods for sonic to like run through and give us all nostalgia for the mushroom zone uh from the previous games but yeah introduce more worlds that would be super exciting uh the title card is similar to how they um introduced tales in the original sonic the hedgehog 2 back in the 90s the original i like that i like that i like that so it it gives me it gives me some hope to believe that at the end of this movie assuming it's successful which i would imagine it will be they're going to show knuckles and so i I will i will lose i will lose myself if they they show knuckles and then they'll do a sonic 3 and then who knows we might enter the the gritty era of sonic with with Shadow. The oh, Shadow. <laughs> Let me show you my real power. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> oh, I man. found you, Baker. Oh, okay. We got to stop. We dipping into oh, this nerdgasm. Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I think, but, uh, what would you say, best video game uh, adaptation for a movie, right? I would say it competes up there with the granddaddy of all video game movies, Prince of Persia. All right. And, we should move on because that was trash. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. How can you have an ostrich race without ostriches? Oh, my. Let's... Let's stop you right oh, there. Man. I thought you were going to say the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, um, my God. Don't even start. Of course, it's better than the Super Mario's movie. Jesus. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yes. yes. It's easily better than Super Mario. I don't know. Maybe I have to rewatch the old Prince of Persia movie back from like 2010. I remember going to the theaters and finding it funny. I don't know if that was the vibe I was supposed to get I, from the movie. I was with but, you. I was with you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know. Well, yeah, you you, you literally were with me. And yeah, was, yeah, uh, we watched that together. That yeah. was 2010, 2010, 10th grade. That's yeah. right. Wow. Uh, man, but remember, whitewashing was the thing. And they cast mm-hmm. straight up white people to be, you know. That's right. In the middle of Persia. No tan, no nothing. Straight mm-hmm. up white. Sure. <laughs> You know, but I digress. We digress. Right. But, we we digress. Super excited but, for Sonic 2. Um, and we'll we'll keep you informed if anything new develops. Anything else to add on that? Um, hey, I heard Jason Momoa might play Knuckles. Bring it on. Let's go. Oh, he got the dreads. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, fun. That'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. Um, the next story we got up is Last of Us casting for the hbo series they got some heavy hitters coming in on this one um they did well they they did well they got uh, our boy pedro pedro castal pascal 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 there's a in the notes we have it says castal i'll be sure to be sure to change that against anyone else that edits this in our notes don't you Uh, listen pedro (laughs) man he is on Pedro. a roll. He, he is. is on a roll, man. Coming off he the Mandalorian, is. and now he's got another series. He's got you know? another one. It's crazy. And the thing is, I can see him. They show a side-by-side image of Pedro and Joel. He, yeah. I, I see it. I see the likeness. He can definitely play that role. And it's it's funny how I was first introduced to this actor. I think I, think I got introduced to him first in Narcos as uh, Javi. That was your first time. That was my first time because I remember I was in law school at the time when I started watching Narcos. And I remember, uh, I I, I have a really good friend that I still talk to from uh, law school in there that uh, he introduced me to Game of Thrones, but he introduced me first to Narcos. And uh, the character Javi, played by Pedro Pascal, he was uh, that char- he was that character Javi, and he was like one of the main investigators in the Marco series. So that was my first introduction to him. And then once I started getting into Game of Thrones, right after that, uh, then I-, I saw like, oh yeah, that's the guy from Narcos. Uh, my-, my mother, my stop, stop. <laughs> that's my stop. He's my favorite. That Prince Oberyn Martell, my favorite character in Game Martell. of Thrones. You raped her. You killed her. <laughs> Who gave you the order? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, 
the man oh, can do man. no wrong in my eyes. He killed any he really Game of Thrones. Can't. I uh, cannot. I have not seen a single bit of media from him where I did not come out satisfied. Narcos, amazing. Game of Thrones at the time, amazing. The short um, time. Uh, the short time. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian, amazing. Uh, so now he, he's main lead in The Last of Us. I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope the really schedule excited. allows it. Uh, I mean, I I have not uh, completed the first game. Uh, Ooh. I'm aware. Ooh. I, I asked, yes, sue me. Uh, a, <laughs> God forbid I have a PS4 and a PS5, but haven't played the Last of Us games. Sacrilege. Um, Sacrilege. Kind of. But, you know, um, as an actor, and I mean, I know the story and the gist. As an actor... I know he can handle this role, and I know he'll bring a good amount of, you know, this is a very, you know, there's a lot of emotion in this game, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. There is a lot of emotion. Again, uh, a lot of our fans, maybe they have played The Last of Us uh, Part 2. I haven't played it. I I know there's a lot of controversy with that Mm -hmm. game. Uh, I'm aware, yeah. I'm not going to get into it because I still want to try to go in as spoiler-free as possible with that game, but there's controversy with that enough to make people hate the franchise in general. But this is just, from what I understand, it's focusing on just the first Last of Us. And based on that, this should be a really good story to tell. It's a very emotional story. Um, A a lot of heartache and uh, some anger in there, maybe a dash of revenge uh, here and there in The Last of Us. And then the ending, ooh, I won't say it because maybe you might show interest in playing it at some point. But um, that ending with The Last of Us, that, ooh, man. Yeah, they, they got their work cut out for them in, uh, in this HBO series, which I, I find it interesting that they're doing the HBO route, you know, because usually we hear uh, these franchises getting greenlit for movies when the, mm-hmm. when the series kicks off, the, the, the franchise of the game kicks off. And... Um, you don't hear anything about it. Like they go through post or they go through production hell, trying to get it off the ground, trying to find directors, writers, all that stuff. But I think these executives are starting to realize that shows are a way safer bet with a lot of these franchises that are adaptations. And so far they've been hitting it out of the park. Um, Just off the top of my head, the boys, uh, Uh the, the Amazon, Prime great, show. Great show. Yep. Great show. Originally started off as wanting to be a movie. And I cannot imagine myself getting into that series if it was a movie. I like the show. It's paced, in my opinion, perfectly. Um, so they're doing great adapting that into a series. I think The Last of Us can also, um, you know, be great as a series, especially with the casting. You know, we got Pedro Pascal as Joel. And I. I don't remember the actress's name, but it's the girl also from Game of Thrones. Um, also from Game of Thrones, yeah. Right. She was a she was a lady, or I guess she uh, was um she was from Bear Island. She was um a Mormont. Uh, a Mormont. That's Lyanna, right. She, oh, she, was she was the was head named, of the house. Yeah, she was Lyanna Mormont because she was named after Ned's, Ned Stark's sister. Um, that's right. That's right here what's that little girl's name but you know hbo is def uh, bella ramsey bella ramsey bella ramsey hbo That's her is name. hbo is notorious for reusing actors that have appeared in previous shows of theirs 
Uh, oh yeah, like that's uh, right. I I watched The Wire over this summer, and for example, Littlefinger is uh, he's really prominent Baelish. in the later. Yes, Peter Baelish, very <laughs> prominent in uh, The Wire. Uh, but with that said, okay. yeah, you know, um, the showrunner for um, The Last of Us, he did the other HBO series, the Chernobyl series. Uh, which okay. I haven't been around to watching. I haven't seen that either. Uh, but I know that show got a lot of buzz and it got really good reviews. I think it was just a mini series. Um, but I, I 100% agree with you. I think series definitely there's a lot less stress as far as you know what which parts do we adapt for like a two hour movie. You don't right. Have that you're you're constricted to that time. Like yeah, you have to yeah. find out what's the important stuff. What stuff's going to get people hyped up or emotional or whatever. Exactly. And so with a series, you know, and again, I don't believe this is listed as a mini series. So, you know, you can stretch this out however mm -hmm. you want it, you know, and even with that said, it may not be a straight up like uh, story uh, plot uh, for like adaptation adaptation. of the right. Yeah, they might know, try their own thing with it a little bit. Like, don't stray too far off. Don't make like your own lore with like what's going on. Yes. But like, you know, be like like the way the boys does it. They're, they they kind of play around with what was already established, but they kind of do their own thing. But it's still good. It's still really yes, good. yes. So I mean, I don't think there's an HBO series that I have listed as this is like straight up terrible. I found they're, they're all pretty <laughs> top notch quality shows. So, uh, mm. hey, maybe The Last of Us will get me actually playing the game, you know, and actually finishing okay. it this time around. So, <laughs> oh, even more sacrilege. You started it. You oh, can't even finish it. Did I not mention? <laughs> uh, if you did, it just blew. It just went over my head. I thought you never played it. No, I started. I think I had. I think I had the difficulty too high. I, I oh, could, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We Shout, got, sorry to all the fans listening. Forgive oh, me. Forgiven, forgiven for now. But hey, we'll have to wait and see on that front with The Last of Us. And uh, our last story for this episode, this one's pretty big. It's, uh, oh man. Yeah. Well, I know you, people, you people are sounding off. Sure, yeah. Uh, so people are sounding off on social media right now over the recent firing of actress Gina Carano, uh, better known as Cara Dune from the Mandalorian series. And, mm. you know, this all, this has actually been going on for quite a while, but during the, you know, 2020 election around that time, she was sounding off on Twitter uh, mm -hmm. talking about, you know, she she's an outspoken Republican. You know, right. she's, she's not, she's not hiding that. And you know, that ain't right. she's, wrong. She, she wears that on her sleeve. She, she's not ashamed of it. Exactly. And to, you know, to each their own political. Right. Right. You know, right. whatever. Uh, I guess the problem is when you, again, this is in life in general. If you take your situation that is clearly not as bad and you compare it to like a travesty and a horror that is the Holocaust, then you you got to rearrange your priorities and like you know you need to take a step back she basically tweeted um comparing how you know if you're an outspoken republican that you get criticized all the time for your political beliefs she compared that to living in nazi germany 
which again, if if I shouldn't have, I, I don't think I have to play it out for many people. I think many people were able to put this together, but if you right. are saying being a Republican is like being a Jew hiding for their life to not be taken to a concentration camp for, you know, the horrors that happened there. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's that's where I stand. But she got fired for those tweets. She did. Know? She did. And, and a lot of people think it's because, you know, Disney is definitely more liberal and they're anti-conservative. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case. I'm sure there are many conservatives that work for Disney. It's just right. a matter of. What do these contracts look like as far as what you do? What can you do? What can you not do? What can you say? What can you not say? These these contracts are big. They I mean, the way you have to look at it is Disney, when they cast you as someone, a character, they are not casting you a person. Right. They don't like the, the 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 signature at the bottom of the line is not you as a person it's your signature saying that you are this person to them so um gina gina carano she didn't sign her name at the bottom of that saying gina carano well legally she did (laughs) she she wrote her name at the bottom of the contract whatever but in disney's eyes she's not gina carano she is cara dune right cara dune cara dune yeah cara dune yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know why i messed it up but yeah cara dune she is cara dune she is the embodiment of that character and all merchandise, all media, any cameos, everything. And th- the main takeaway I got from this was, this was back in my uh, my my graduate school days. But uh, we we had a a, a a presenter, I guess, come into the classroom, uh, and it, it was well, not not necessarily a classroom. It was like an orientation, right? They had all these different entrepreneurs come in and you know explain how their business started off, how they kicked off their own uh, dry cleaners or something, and now they're like a multi-millionaire or whatever. Um, one of them, I don't remember his business, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but the one takeaway I got for him was his segment and the orientation was to tell us what social media, how powerful contracts can be with social media. And with this guy, he told us back in his early to mid-20s, he uh, signed a contract where he would play, I don't remember the character's name, but, uh, well, it's either one or the other. He got signed to play Gaston from Beauty and the Beast in Disney's theme parks. Uh, it was either Gaston or the prince from Cinderella. Okay. I don't remember. Do you know, do you know the prince's name for Cinderella? Oh, just Prince Charming. Yeah. Oh, oh it's a Prince Charming. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if it was like a... No, like an just charming. Okay. Yeah, just charming. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, I'm, I'm. Let's just use Prince Charming as an example. Um. He was. He signed a contract where he would play Prince Charming in the Disney theme parks, and he explained to us that when he signed that contract, Disney they had a tightened grip on his throat over what he could say, what he could not say on social media, what photos he can post. I mean. The, the man explained to us that during his time as Prince Charming, he could not post, you know, photos of him like just drinking a, a beer or something casually with friends or or there couldn't be a beer anywhere near him in a photo. If you went to like a, a, a party with someone or just hanging out with a family member, Disney is very um, 
they're very restrictive of their brands. They I saw him as Prince Charming, and they didn't want anything tainting the name of Prince Charming. Uh, in that in that context, they don't they, they just don't care. You are Prince Charming for the the, the remainder of this contract. You're gonna abide by these rules, and you're gonna have to live with it. Otherwise, just you know, we'll, we'll fire you. We we, we we can fire you without cause because you did not you know confine with our brand uh, and and how we how we portray that character and, and it kind of goes into like uh what I, I remember there's a quote somewhere that i might be misquoting but something that walt disney said uh in the past before um where he was originally starting off his uh disney theme parks and he was saying that he wanted to create a theme park where it, it's kind of weird where like he basically said i would love it if uh, if a parent lost their child in the theme park they would not feel afraid or they would not have to worry because it's disney right like it's it's it, it's it's that safeness of like mickey mouse and all those other characters it's the brand disney the brand. protects their brand gina carano played cara doom on the mandalorian and that was the brand of cara doom they did not want that brand tarnished so once she made those tweets about you know, comparing conservatives, Republicans, whatever, to uh, uh, Jewish people in Nazi Germany, they said, nope, gone, gone, sorry, gone. <laughs> like, that's it. That was so, it. That's so, all you do, so you don't think Disney's like straight up anti, like conservatives, right? You think this it's, is protecting the brand, right? I think, in, in my opinion, it's protecting the brand. And again, that's just my, from my takeaway from what I experienced in graduate school and what I went through in law school, it's 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 a brand thing. And, and it's not something that you have to reach that far out to even see. Everyone that uploads anything that's Disney content re related to anywhere, cease and desist within 24 hours. Like <laughs> Disney does not want you touching their property because uh, it's brand recognition. And I can believe it. I, I feel like that extended to the, the the firing of Gina Carano. She made, in their opinion, an, an, an abhorrent tweet about about a, a group of people. And whether or not you think it was something where she, she didn't mean it like that, or people are are straw manning the argument, whatever. It's it it, it it doesn't matter what anyone thinks or agrees with with her tweets. It's the fact that she made them, and Disney saw that, and it was like, nope, I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> she gotta go. Not, she gotta she go. Gotta go. But at the same time, at the same time, you have uh, people drawing parallels with Pedro Pascal, where um, they they're, they're showing tweets from him back in 2018, where he was comparing, um, I, I think it was uh, Jewish people in concentration camps to the. Uh, cages that they had immigrants in and the ICE facilities uh, back when the, the, the whole immigration thing was a big deal. So now people are saying, well, if you did the same thing to uh, Gina Carano, you, you got to do it to Pedro Pascal. But Ooh. I mean, it's that that's a topic that could be going on and on for, <laughs> I, yeah. I would say, hours. Well, honestly. from that from that point, you know, it gets kind of like definitely political. But I mean, I ain't right. one. I, I'm not the one for putting people in cages nor concentration camps you know right and i think Those with Pedro no pascal's tweet you know he's saying 
he, he's not, you know, Gina Carano was pretty much, she was, you know, looking for sympathy for her and other conservatives, right. you know. Right. Pedro Pascal is looking for sympathy for people who are going through terrible, you know, right. conditions. Other people. Right. And when he made that comparison, he's talking, he's, you know, calling out the people in power who put, who made those situations happen for the two right. groups of people, you know. So, right. uh, yeah, you can't go back and forth with it. Um, right. However, you know, at the end of the day, uh, she should have known her contract, to be honest. You know? Right. She it it, it definitely says it in there. It definitely says, you know, if you mess up, if you post anything, if, if there are stuff that surfaces about, you know, uh, or resurfaces of things that you did in the past and, and they're bad, they don't look good for the brand, we're getting rid of you. 100%. Those contracts say that. Yeah, she she should have known. She should have known. But um, I guess I guess the bigger question now is what does this mean for the Mandalorian? Uh, and like, do they just get rid of the character? Like her her portrayal as Cara Dune, I loved it. I thought she was great. <laughs> okay. I, I, I thought she was fantastic. So you Cara thought Dune. you thought her portrayal was good, or you like the character of Cara Dune? Oh, I mean, uh, I guess I guess that's a better uh, way to put it. I like the character. Okay. Like, I, I like the character too. Right. Um, I think her acting sucks. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. She she didn't really like have too much to like you know really say like oh my god uh, uh, this is this is Oscar worthy. No no no. Yeah. No, you're right. No. I, I I like the character. I like her character, and you know the character is like is like supposed to be that uh, that stern gritty you know well, she, rebel. She, she's war torn, and she you know right. part of the character her character that I like she is representing Alderaan. You know, right. The yeah. movies, you know, you never really got to see uh, Alderaan, people from Alderaan being like, oh, man, Alderaan is gone. My home planet destroyed by the Empire. You know, right. they were starting to delve into that with her character. So, mm -hmm. you know, those are aspects of the Mandalorian that are really good when they, uh, you know, they tackle these stories that the movies just kind of swept under the rug, you know. Right. So I like that for her character a lot. But. Gina Carano herself, man, her acting is so wooden. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, you could recast, you could recast, or you could drop the character. And I mean, I don't think that will change the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the overall, you know, how the show moves forward, you know. Uh, but, you know, if they wanted to explore that story still of this character, um, I'd go for the recast, go for the recast. Okay. I think, yeah. I think I don't. You know, she's not in every episode, but like you know, the two seasons right. that she appeared in, I I wouldn't say her in, her uh, impact was as lasting to her. It's like she's not replaceable. That that's fair enough. That's um, where I stand. That's where I stand. Right. Right. For me, I mean, I guess uh, I, I I just see her like I think of the character. I see her face. So. Um, they, they they could go with a recast. I, I in my opinion, they should just get rid of the character. Like, Fair. don't don't create confusion. Don't uh, and and then you're always gonna have people comparing the new act because now the the new actress, whoever would come in, they have an uphill battle now. Now they have people that are divisive on her, saying, "Oh, she's terrible. Bring back Gina Carano." And you know, like it, it in my opinion, it would probably be just better to avoid that. Get rid of the character. Say that she died off screen or something. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, but yeah, um, because I think with her character in The Mandalorian, they were thinking about going with uh, into like a New Republic type of show. I think uh, they were the, trying to go with the Rangers of the New Republic. The Rangers of the New Republic, because I think yes. that's what they were building up in season two, and then we got the announcement, uh, like maybe a couple weeks after that episode, that oh yeah, they're they're making a, a New Republic uh, TV series, and it was yes. heavily implied that she was going to be a part of that. Yes. Um, so yeah, at that point, I guess you, yeah, I mean, you could just drop the character, create a whole new character. Well, for that show specifically, yeah, just drop the character, don't include right. in the story. Start fresh. Start fresh. Yeah, start fresh. Um, and even with Mandalorian season three, you know, they left at a big point. You know, he's got the the dark saber. You know, that's right. Uh, I think we might see a very heavy uh, inner workings of Mandalore, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know him learning from uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Kreese, uh What's her Bo Bo-Katan, You know, learning Bo-Katan. from Bo-Katan and learning from other Mandalorians about how the inner workings of Mandalore and, you know, the different clans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So with that said, that story right there doesn't sound like you need Cara Dune. You know? Right, right. Maybe you just naturally, you know, phase her out, you know? Yeah, they could always do that. I guess that's the big plus that they had with the series. She was always a side character at the end of the day. And she she had her episodes, you know, in the season. She did. But, she had um, moments. She did. She had right. good moments. Right. But um, yeah, they, they they seem to be going more towards the Mandalore route, and I mean, just yeah, go go with that story instead. Like we haven't we haven't seen Mandalore since uh, from my uh, from my memory, we haven't seen Mandalore since like the Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah, um, um, I think that's right. So it would be nice to see what's going on with that. What what does an Empire ruled Mandalore look like? See how that. Uh, See how that sees. If, I think the Empire does rule them, right? At this point well, in the series. Well, so let's see. The last time or the I Empire seen is destroyed Man- right now. Well, the Empire is destroyed. Okay. Well, the, right. where we last saw Mandalore was in the Clone Wars, and they had just liberated it from Darth Maul. Uh, okay, how- right. Final season. However, however, yes, we haven't seen Mandalore in the wake of the Empire. You know, they just liberated right. it. However. The Empire what does that look like? Who rules? Like, who's ruling right now? Exactly. And then, you know, Moff Gideon even alluded to, you know, the raids on Mandalore and how all the Mandalorians had to go into hiding. So <laughs> we haven't seen a post-Empire Mandalore. So is it in ruins? Are there any Mandalorians hiding left there? Is the Empire still strong? Because, I mean, that's what the Mandalorian alludes to a lot, too, is that many parts of the galaxy... The Empire is still going strong, you know? Right. The New Republic hasn't hit every corner of the world, you know? Right. There's they're so, still they're still trying to reach their hand. I mean, we we saw that we saw those segments in the 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 second season. Like they're expanding their influence throughout the galaxy. The outer rim is where you still have that wild west mentality. Like it's still unruly. And there's no law, so yeah, someone's gotta come in and lay down the law. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, I'm sure we can, another episode we can dedicate to uh, what we'd like to see in Mandalorian Season 3. Easily. uh, Easily. You know, sucks to suck, Gina Carano, but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. 
wishing you the best, I suppose, in all future endeavors. Just, you know, <laughs> don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I would say that wraps up all our topics today. We went pretty deep into WandaVision, covered some side stories with Wakanda, Mandalorian, uh, The Last of Us, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, <laughs> and very a very uh, a, a, a palette of a lot of variety. Anything else to add, Grandmaster, that you want to close us off with? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm glad we covered all these topics. And as uh, the week unfolds, I'm sure we'll come at you with uh, some more discussions. And uh, hey, tune in to episode seven of WandaVision, man. Here I am, like, promoting WandaVision. Because well, I'm sure we're going <laughs> to have a lot to say. Disney, Disney, hello. Pick us up, please. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dr. Jason, it's always a pleasure hearing your insight and perspective on all things uh, geek and nerd culture. Uh, so, <laughs> As yeah, always I think, with you, I, I, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for our viewers today. All right. We're going to close it off there, everyone. Have a blessed rest of your weekend or week, whenever you decide to hear this episode. And uh, yeah, take care. Dr. Jace and Grandmaster signing off.